Okay, queen. And yes, I mean queen. Did you know that in chess, the most powerful piece that each player has is the queen? Is defined as the girl who's very important or successful at something. One who inherits the position by right of birth. I think it's crazy how all of these things are describing you. Just replace your name with queen in each of those statements and you'll see what I'm talking about. You defy the odds of what everyone thinks about you just by waking up every morning. To endure the things you've gone through and still go through is something to be proud of. But if I'm being honest, sometimes wearing the crown is exhausting. And that's okay. I'm here to unpack with you. So let's talk about it. Story time. So I just want to point out that being a girl is hard. It definitely has its perks. Don't get me wrong. Like, just by being born, we're extremely powerful. You know? And if you think about it, as long as there are men in the world, you have power. And I mean that in the most positive way. (laughs) But even then, nowadays, women are coming together. You know, supporting each other, having each other's backs. It's just amazing. You know, fighting for our rights. Everything is just going really well for women, even though the world tries to put us down. But we are literally doomed to be in pain for all eternity. Like, we're always in pain, always suffering. You know, the whole Adam and Eve thing. That's just the silent code that we get by hearing. Right, so in the little time I spent in college, I had a specific way of setting up my class schedule. If I could, I would squish all my classes together so I wouldn't have class after 12. I had this math class with this passionate professor, and then I had a psychology class with another passionate professor. The math professor was so passionate because she just would not stop talking, like she was always talking. And the psychology professor was passionate because she just really wanted people in her class. Like, she would take attendance and count it as your final grade. She would drop you if you missed certain days in class. You couldn't even walk in the door after a certain time without knocking on the window. And she would have to accept you in. And it was just a whole thing. It was a lot, okay? She was just, she was really extra. (laughs) Okay, the problem was that I had those classes back to back. They were 10 minutes apart, like one ended, I think, at like 11.50 and the other started at 12. It was something like that. They were also a 10 minute walk from each other. So sometimes, you know, it would be eight minutes if I would speed walk with my knock knees. (laughs) But for the most part, they were 10 minutes apart from each other. And... To be honest, I really never had an issue to be on time because if the math professor would be talking, I would literally just get up and leave. Like, no, lady, I pay for these classes. You're going over time. How you know people in the class don't have other classes like me? You know, so I would just get up and leave. And then if I was just a little bit late or whatever to the psychology teacher, you know, I wouldn't be that late, maybe like a minute late. So, you know, she would let me in. I wasn't that late. Except for one day. (laughs) My heart is literally dropping thinking about this, like, oh, why me? So this lady, you know, the math 
professor was rambling on and on about math. Like, oh, what can you say? Like, what more is there to say? Why? She just was always talking, like rambling, guys. Like, actually rambling. And I'm there. I'm dozing off. You know, and I kind of feel like I was there for a long time. Like, it felt longer than usual, right? And I'm hearing all the people, like, around me, behind me, in front of me, kind of complaining and sighing and, like, ugh, you know, like, they're all being kind of reckless about the time. So, you know, I check my phone, like, what time is it? I look, I have five minutes to get to class. Bro, when I tell you, I got up so fast, like, and I was making a lot of noise. Like, I knew I bought a whole lot of attention to myself. If there was never anyone who noticed me that day, they noticed me. I was literally scrambling. Like, if I could explain scrambling, like, I was, like, picking up my stuff really fast, you know, stuffing it in my bag, zipping, you know, walking out. Like, I was making a whole scene. <laughs> and people was probably like, what is wrong with this girl? Like, what is wrong with her? She better had her an emergency that she just going crazy like that. Well, this girl was late to class, okay? And I was running. Well, no, okay. <laughs> I was not running because one thing about me, I'm not going to run. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just really proud for something, but I used to make fun of them kids that run to class. So I'm, I'm not running, but I was speed walking. You get the point, Okay. <laughs> Mind you, in order to get to the next class, I have to walk from behind the building because the class was in the back of the building. So I had to walk from behind the building to in front of the building, walk through the building, cross a lake, pass through two more buildings, then go upstairs and walk all the way down to the hallway. And the class was the last class in the hallway. And to top it off, I sit in the middle of the class. So I don't sit right next to the door, you know, because usually when those classes would start, I would sit right next to the door so that when it's time to go, I could go. But she was one of them extra people. It literally felt like a kindergarten class. Like, lady, we're in college. Like, she gave us assigned seats, and we can't come in at certain times. It's like, ugh, extra. But, (laughs) yeah, so I sit in the middle of the class, right? So imagine we just went through all of that, this whole journey, and then, you know, I was a little bit late, so I had to knock on the window, and she she said I could come in, whatever, and I finally sit down, you know, we sit down, I'm huffing and puffing, I'm trying to get everything together, you know, putting my notebook on my desk, paying attention to the board, trying to, you know, keep it together, you know, I don't sweat, I just glisten, you know, but, you know, I had to wipe a little bit off, (laughs) but yeah. So we're sitting there, we're calming down, you know, everything was chaotic, and now we're just calm. And the girl behind me taps my shoulder, and I'm just like, okay. And I look, I kind of like look over my shoulder, and she hands me something under my arm. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's going on here? And I look, y'all, it was a pad. Oh my gosh, bro, my heart still drops. Because for a half a second, I was confused. Like, why is this girl, oh my goodness. My heart dropped, you guys. My heart, and I turned back and I looked at her and I was like, is it bad? Bro, she gave me the most concerning nod. 
Oh my goodness, bro. It made me feel even worse. You guys. I'm not even going to say because, you know, it's a it's a silent girl code. And, you know, guys may not get it. Maybe it'll be less embarrassing if I don't say what happened. But you get it. We get it. Bro. <laughs> I felt so bad, bro. The embarrassment was so heavy. I couldn't even listen to what this lady was saying. The class was only 50 minutes. But I was not listening. I promise you. I still do not know what the heck this lady was talking about. Bro, it was so embarrassing. One of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Even when the class was over, I did not get up. I was glued to my chair. Like, I couldn't get up. I was like, nope, I can't do it. And then I waited till everybody left. Like, I waited till every single person in the classroom left before I went up to the professor. And I talked to her and I told her what happened. I turned around and she looked at me and she was like, oh, honey, Oh, <laughs> it just got worse and worse as the day went on. Like, and she didn't really do much to help. Like, she made me walk from the classroom to her office. That's not a long walk, but still, like, why are you making me walk? I'm embarrassed enough. You know, she just gave me a jacket. She had like a billion jackets, probably from Lost and Found. Who cares? But she gave me a jacket to put around my waist so that I wouldn't be embarrassed walking around. But <sighs> the embarrassment. Long story short, when I left her office, there was this boy the whole entire semester. He just kept bothering me. He wanted to take me out. I said no because he was kind of creepy. But he offered to take me a lift, you know, so I could go home. And I took it, okay? I don't care. I was having a bad day. Don't judge me. It was an emergency, okay? And when I got home, I looked at my pants. Oof. It was that bad, guys. <laughs> Can we just say it together? Tragic. <laughs> What's going on, Queen Crew? I love our talks. I hope you guys are doing amazing. I have a question. Why is the most cliche saying when you haven't seen someone or when you first see someone or you want to talk to someone? How are you? Like, I know you might care, but do you really? It's even worse when it's like a person that only hits you up when they need something. And they start the conversation like, hey, how are you? Come on. Okay. Like, you don't care. I honestly just stopped answering the question. And I just be like, what's up? Or, hey, what do you need? You know, in the most friendliest way I could. Because I already know that they don't care. They just want something. And then there's this one. Are you okay? Ugh, like, there was a point in time where I really just hated when people asked me that. Because I know for a fact you didn't really want to know. And if I'm just being honest, I started feeling that way recently. Why are you asking me if I'm okay? To me, people don't actually want to know if I'm okay. They just want to know why I'm not smiling. They don't care that I'm going through something or they want to help me out. They just care that I'm not smiling and making jokes and my energy is bringing them down and they don't like that. So I just stopped answering the question altogether. There's this barrier in my mind that won't allow me to believe that 
anyone truly wants to know if I'm okay. For something to be considered cliche, it must be overused if we're, you know, going by definition. And asking someone if they're okay would be implying that you don't think they really are. It's supposed to be a genuine question. But because we use it so much, it becomes a catchphrase we say when we're taking something from them. When we ask, are you okay? We're really saying, are you good enough to do what I really need you to do for me? If you were to explain being okay, you would think, fine, all right, straight, (laughs) so-so, very much so flat. Like, if you went to a show and it wasn't, you know, the best thing you've seen in a while and someone said, how was the show? You'd be like, "Mm, it was okay. Or (laughs) someone I know, he's always asking if someone looks good. So I'd be like, hey, you think he looked good? You think she looked good? And... Every time I answer the question, I usually be like, "Mm, he's all right, or he's okay. Because that's what we think okay is. But in actuality, it means satisfactory, adequate, or acceptable. That's how you actually describe okay, all right, and fine. But we usually use those words to describe regular, you know? But that's not how it is. It means more than that. If you aren't okay, why do you continue to say that you are? Hey, I'm talking about myself here. There was a point in time when I thought that there was something wrong with me. But it was even worse because I couldn't put my finger on what it was. I had gotten baptized and I knew that I needed to change something in order to be okay, but... I didn't know what that something was. I would look at the people around me and I would actually get jealous because I felt like they had problems that could easily be solved. You know, even though that's not necessarily true. Don't get me wrong or anything. I used to pray to become an addict of something so that I would have a tangible problem that I could solve. In my mind, if I had a problem... I could fix it, and then I'll be okay. Like, if I'm addicted to sex, then I could just stop having sex, and now I would be okay. If I'm always smoking weed, and I stop, now I'll be okay. If if I'm getting abused or raped, and I left the situation, now I would be okay. That's how it looked in my mind. But that wasn't my reality. I wasn't okay, and I didn't understand why. I just didn't get it. I didn't know at the time that I was really just insecure and anxious and sad. I knew something was wrong. I just couldn't put words to what I was going through at the time. Little did I know that prayer works. And I started to go through things that were just horrible. And when I finally would get rid of them, I still wasn't okay. I was actually worse than I was before. People would come to me and ask if I was okay, and I would tell them I wasn't okay, and I would cry out for help. But it was like they couldn't hear me. I started to hate the world and the people around me because 
I couldn't understand why nobody cared. Why couldn't anyone understand that I wasn't okay? What can I do to fix me? It's like no one was helping. One thing we need to do is stop asking if someone is okay. And I know that sounds a little unconventional, but I don't mean stop caring or checking on your loved ones. But maybe do it in a way that really lets them know that you mean what you're asking. Instead of asking, are you okay? Ask, name an emotion you're feeling right now and explain why you're feeling that way. Instead of asking, how was your day? Ask, what's one good thing and one bad thing that happened in your day today? Instead of asking, how are you? Ask, ask them to describe how they are without using the words good, fine, or okay. We need to start being more intentional with letting people know that it's okay to not be okay because they don't think it is because no one is genuinely checking in on them. There might be someone around you that is smiling and carrying on while believing that no one around them actually cares and they're allowing suicidal thoughts to start creeping in. That could be you because that was me. That's still me sometimes. I would usually take this time to encourage, but we all thought about at least one person not including ourselves while hearing this episode. Let's take this time to go to them and encourage them. Ask them the three reflection questions from before and tell them that you genuinely care about them, that they're important, and that you need them to survive because you don't know how much they need to hear it right now. And if that person really just happens to be you, say this to yourself in the mirror. Ask these things to yourself in the mirror. Because if you aren't doing it for anyone, do it for yourself. You matter. And I need you to survive. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Queens. I want to know how it made you feel. And be honest. Or maybe you want to ask me a question or leave a topic for me to talk about. I want it all. And I'm here for you. So hit me up. I want you to remember this. Wearing the crown does get heavy. But stand strong with your head up high and do it with confidence. There's purpose in your pain. And I'm so proud of you for moving forward. I love you. Until next time.